welcome to the Freed Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Heil, founding member of the Freed Fellowship and Freed Media. This is a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between entrepreneur and entrepreneur. In this episode, you'll hear one Freed story from someone who made the jump from the corporate world to the vast unknown of entrepreneurship. We at Freed Media know that the road to entrepreneurship can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. We hope that in sharing Freed stories, that you will gain some tangible tips on how to get freed yourself. It's our mission to provide support and community for those working their five to nine side hustles and jotting down their someday business plan. We're navigating the journey ourselves, and we'd love to take you along with us. Ready to get freed? Hello, everyone. We are back again with another fellow and their freed story. Today, I am joined by Tammy Thornton, owner of Beehive Soap. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited to dive into your journey. Could you let the audience know a little bit about you and your business? Okay. So like you said, I'm the owner of Beehive Soap and Body Care. We're based out of Utah. I'm a wife and a mother. I have three grown children and a grandson, and I love what I do. That's always a perfect way to start out. I always love to hear that. (laughs) How new is this venture and what started you on this path? So come up this summer, we will be celebrating 12 years in business. Wow. Yeah. So it essentially started as a hobby and just grew from there. I had, I don't know, as my children got older, I figured I had time to take on a hobby. And before soap making, I tried Irish folk dance. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> Which is really kind of a fun way to exercise. I encourage people that enjoy dancing to give that one a try. Wow. And we just were a group of gals and we just did little parades and festivals and little amateur performances. We weren't professional by any means, but so it's, it started, I would like hurt my knees and oh. have to go in for physical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing too hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of leaping and stomping. So when I looked for a new hobby, I stumbled across soap making. And yeah, so that's kind of how this all got started was a hobby. That's awesome. That's how the best things come about, I feel. <laughs> so when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? And how did that morph into what you're doing today? I don't know. Early on as a young girl, I think I wanted to be a nurse. And that went away as soon as I had a hospital stay mm. and realized that nurses have to take care of bedpans <laughs> <laughs> or they assist with that. Maybe there's others that do that now. <laughs> but I also thought I'd enjoy being a school teacher. So to this day, I do teach soap making. I have sometimes just a, a single person or a small group form and, and we can have a little soap making class where they actually get to make soap and take it home with them. So in a way, I'm still teaching. When I can carve out those times for classes. More hands-on. That's fabulous. Yeah. So what has been your biggest failure along the way? We always love talking about the great stuff, but we would love to know what has failure, where has it brought you, how did you overcome, and what did you learn from it? Uh, So interestingly, it's kind of a typical failure of having one client have too large a percentage of my sales, if that makes sense. A local grocery store chain picked me up. They saw me at a farmer's market. And eventually I was in one or two stores and then three and then five. And then over the years, it grew to about 17 or 18 locations. And as a local chain, they really love to support local products and local makers, but they're a business. And as sales declined, as we were maybe five years into this partnership, 
they decided to scale back on my brand. So lesson learned is you never want one client to be such a large percentage of your sales. And I did have another chain approach me kind of at the height of all this, working with this first chain. And they wanted to put me into about 16 or 17 locations. And I was so hesitant because I really thought that I should be loyal to that first chain so that there was something unique that people would find when they went to that store. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't at every store. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to keep all those clients happy. Mm-hmm. If I grew overnight, basically it doubled mm-hmm. and I didn't have really the studio space. I didn't have trained staff that really made products because I was still making it myself. Uh, anyway, so I turned down the second company and then the first company kind of scaled back. So hard lesson learned in hindsight, maybe I should have just run with it and... <laughs> Look in hindsight, always 2020. It's just so hard to know. (laughs) (laughs) It's good advice for the others out there. So that is, (laughs) so I guess that's good uh, segue into our next question. What are two pieces of advice or tricks for someone who wanted to begin on the same path as you? What would you say? Okay. Well, there's actually lots of advice, but I'll pick two. The first one is don't go sign the lease right away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you decide to open a business and make a go of this, whether it's a hobby that you are turning into a business or otherwise you're just taking your skills and branching out on your own. If you can work alongside your full-time job, work from your home, see if you have a real chance to make a go of it before you sign a lease somewhere because that lease is unforgiving. (laughs) Every month they want that check, whether you had sales or not. (laughs) They'll find you. (laughs) And then the second piece of advice is truly do write your business plan. You may think it's kind of a waste of time or you already have it in your head, but literally putting it down on paper and thinking through your concept and studying your competition really can help you focus your efforts even if you have to revise it every six months, because as you go along, you may find that what you thought was a real demand for your goods and services really isn't. It's already being taken care of, or maybe you found a whole new niche that you really can run with. So it's okay to revise it, write it again, but it can help you focus. And even though you're kind of forecasting sales, it's a very worthwhile process to go through. That is good advice. They always say as an entrepreneur, you're always learning. It's always trial and error. So that's really good to see it being put in place. (laughs) So what is a resource outside of the Freed Fellowship that has helped you navigate this jump to entrepreneurship? It could be a book, a podcast, a person, a social media account, anything. Okay. Well, I thought of a few things that really were a help to me. Um, I have a supportive husband. So that helps if your partner is is behind you. And, you know, even if he's just helping you set up for a farmer's market, because I have products to sell, helping you while you take care of the farmer's market, help you take down those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. That's really been his measure of support is to just hang out with me when I'm doing these markets. And that's kind of nice to have somebody do that. Also, my daughter has been a great help where I'm kind of the maker and the creator as far as products, she has been my partner as far as designing my logo, helping me with my website, doing my product photography, doing my packaging design. Because wow. uh, she is just that creative brain. She just is excellent at that. Oh, awesome. So finding somebody that can do those things that you're not good at 
has been a blessing. And for sure, I've utilized her talents. It's like a family last, affair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's just here and there that she helps me. That's awesome. um, yeah. The last thing on that point, I wanted to talk about a program called Banking on Women. Mm-hmm. And from my understanding, Banking on Women was initially done in developing countries where they would help women develop some sort of small business and they would kind of mentor them to the early step. And mm-hmm. so they did a pilot program here in Utah and I was able to participate in the first class wow. here in Utah, maybe 10 or 11 years ago. And anyway, I, I just really recommend it. If somebody is looking to start a business or they have a business and they want to help it to grow, they should see if there's a Banking on Women program near them that they can participate in. You do have to apply, but it's no cost. There are sponsors that pay for that. I think it's a bank that sponsors this. It's sort of their outreach of giving back to the community by putting together these Banking on Women programs. Wow, that's awesome. We will definitely link that in the show notes for everybody to check mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Kind of similar to what Freed is trying to do. Yes. That's, I love hearing that. That's like music to my ears. I love that kind of stuff. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about your name behind it? Beehive Soap. So Utah is the beehive state. um, Yeah. (laughs) So when I thought about starting a business, I checked to see if the URL beehivesoap.com was available and it was. So that was kind of the clincher that it's definitely a Utah product, but people, of course, across the world can enjoy it. But it's kind of fun to offer it at local gift shops and things like that, where people might want to get something from Utah when they visit Utah. That's (laughs) awesome. What are a couple of your star products, the ones that people seem to really love? Okay. So probably my top selling product is our solid lotion bar. Mm. It comes in a push-up tube, so you can just rub it where you need it, say your hands and cuticles or your heels. And then blend it in because the warmth of your skin will soften it. But it's just excellent. Mm. And people love it. And it lasts forever. I keep one in my purse and I swear it's been there a year. Oh, wow. I just use it occasionally to scoop out just a little bit and rub it on my cuticles. Wow. We have an all-natural deodorant that really works. (laughs) That is very good to know because that's what I need. But, you know, I've tried some other all natural deodorants and sometimes they don't work at all. And sometimes they make me stinkier. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, there's got to be an all natural deodorant that works. Yes. So we definitely have a good formula. And I literally used it for eight months solid before I ever started selling it because wow. I wanted to make sure it really worked. That yeah. is so good to hear. I, Everybody, it's going to be linked in her website. So that's always good for me to hear because (laughs) I have tried other things like native and all those other things that don't have the aluminum and they say they're natural. So I'm definitely down to try something new. Awesome. (laughs) So where do you see yourself and your business five years from now? Oh, that's a very good question. For a small maker, the pandemic with COVID-19 has been a challenge. A lot of the stores that I provide products for, they shut down. And so they were not ordering. I still have my lease. And so (laughs) (laughs) I was fortunate enough to be able to sublease half of my warehouse to another business that was just starting up in the pandemic. Wow, good. And that's the best thing I did all last year was Mm -hmm. sublease that space because there's no way. Just cash flow is king. And Mm -hmm. if you run out of cash... It's really hard to meet those expenses of your overhead. Absolutely. Yeah. In five years, boy, it it could go anywhere. Right before the pandemic, we were fortunate enough to do a test order with TJ Maxx. Wow. 
They had seen my products in one of these grocery stores. Like I told you, we were partnered with a grocery store Mm -hmm. and the buyer called me and said, are you interested in doing a test order on your all natural deodorants? And I said, you know what, let's see if we can make it work. You know, they really are conscious of price because Mm -hmm. they want to offer products at a discount. So we were able to come to terms on a price and they ordered 6,400 deodorants. Wow. (laughs) With product going to select stores in the US, Canada, and Europe. Amazing. So there's no more purchase orders yet, but literally once they are fully opened again, because I've been in touch with the buyers to see if they need more product, Mm -hmm. let me know because I could use the business. (laughs) We could go global. I mean, I just at least on that one product. So, um, so in five amazing. years from now, who knows? Um, I'm going to be finding you in TJ Maxx. That's amazing. <laughs> we don't know. We don't That's, know. Like I said, it's been a challenging year. Definitely. And, um, so just kind of, I'm feeling energy that things are picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's just been kind of interesting. <laughs> it's definitely something to look forward to. Congratulations. <laughs> So what is your superpower? I know you're a mom, you're an entrepreneur. What is your superpower? You can even have a superhero name. (laughs) I don't know have a superhero name, but I'm pretty optimistic most of the time. I don't want the worst case scenario to Mm -hmm. lead my life, but I'm persistent. Uh, In spite of ups and downs, I I come to work, I beat the bushes and try to get my brand out there, sending out postcards, emailing buyers, whatever I can do to maybe change the next six months by picking up some new wholesale accounts. So I'm persistent. That's so (laughs) awesome, Tammy. This has been so great. You have done such amazing things and we can't wait to catch up with you and your business in a few months to see where you are. Until then, where can our audience find you? Okay, so we have a website at beehivesoap.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash beehivesoap. And on Instagram, at beehivesoapandbody. Amazing. Tammy, mm-hmm. thank you again, and we will see you soon. All right, thanks so much, Jackie. Bye, everyone. Here at the Freed Fellowship, we are building a community of talented individuals ready to make theirs and others' business dreams come true. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next time as we interview another fellow team member. And until then, don't forget to free your mind, free your media.